and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest today is Lisa Velez, better known as Lisa Lisa. Lisa, along with Call Champ, had some amazing songs back in the 80s. Two of them hit the Billboard Hot 100 number one, Head to Toe and Lost in Emotion, off their second album called Spanish Fly. Their first album, their self-titled one, produced All Cried Out, Can You Feel the Beat, and I Wonder If I Take You Home. Elise is one of 10 kids, so she really had to work for her stuff in life. She snuck out a lot. She talks about getting caught by her mother, uh, meeting the guys in Cult Jam, and eventually getting produced by Full Force. And just where she was the first time she heard one of her songs on the radio. Lisa, amazing woman, still performing to this day. And I hope you enjoy my conversation with her. So Lisa, let's let's kind of start uh, from the, the beginning. Uh, one of the youngest of 10 children. So I'd imagine you kind of had to uh, kind of work, work for your... Uh, work for your stuff there, huh? I think um, when it comes to being the youngest of 10 or any family, as many as it comes, and you're in Hell's Kitchen or any, um, I don't know, the ghetto, <laughs> <laughs> you, you got to struggle for what you, what you, what you need uh, and to succeed. And my mom was very religious and very family orientated. Her children were the with her priority and the love of her life and she made sure that we got out there and did what we had to do now that being said being very religious i had to sneak out of the house to get to what i wanted so right <laughs> i started sneaking out when i was about 12 and i was going to the like bar restaurants right on ninth avenue in health kitchen you know trying to get some gigs I would walk in and ask them, can, can I sing for you? And, you know, they'd like me, and I would sing standards. And um, it was it was kind of nuts because like, they paid me 20 bucks, and back then that was a lot of money. Right. <laughs> that was a lot of money for me. <laughs> you know, so <clears throat> I didn't get caught until, you know, later on. But um, my mother always asked me, well, how did you get this money? And I would give it to her, as, you know, to help pay bills or buy food. And I was like, oh, it's just packing bags in the grocery store <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah pretty much struggled yeah so I mean with uh, you know being you know one of ten obviously it was probably easy for you to sneak out you know with all the madness of having all the kids around right <laughs> yeah a single mom she had her ten kids that she had to raise so I made it my business to make it easy for me to you know I used to take clothes from my sisters and 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 you know, put them in a backpack and, and, and make up too, and I would, you know, quietly, because I guess from all the stuff we had to do, you know, to help my mom maintain the household, we were all tired, they were all tired. Me, I just wanted to sing, so I did what I had to. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So when did you, like, first realize that, you know, a singing career was something you wanted to do? How, how young were you? Oh, my God, I think I was six years old when I got my first solo in um, the church choir. My mom was the, she used to teach us, you know, all the songs. Um, I did De Ave Maria, and uh, I saw tears in her eyes. And I said, yeah, I think I kind of like this, and this is what I want to do. <laughs> and it went from there. When um, when did you, like, first tell her that, you know, that I, I want to do this, and what was it after you got caught? Yeah, actually what happened was, 
um, I, I started to do a lot of talent shows and stuff around the neighborhood. But my oldest sister, Maria, she's uh, a trained opera singer. She used to sing at the Carnegie Hall all the time with her troupe. Uh, she was also with this group called Intar, and it was like a, a, a musical kind of thing. And um, I started doing it with her, you know, you know, doing little plays and, and musicals. And I really loved that. She knew I loved to sing, but I think it was after I snuck out the house and didn't go to school and went straight to the audition with full force that I came back and I said, Mom, this is what I want to do. And she was like, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you want to do, okay, I'm with it. Not a problem. I think it really got to her when she came to my first performance. How old were you when you had your first performance? Oh my God, my very first performance with Full Force and, and Cult Jam was, I was almost turning, my, my as a professional actually, I have to say, I was 14, and um, we did uh, Dance Ateria. Okay, yeah, yeah. In New York, yeah. We did a full-out show with the band, and it was great. She, I told her, you gotta come and see me do this, Mommy, please. And she was shocked. Right. <laughs> Where did you first meet Mike and Alex from Cult Champ? Again, I, I did another little, one of my things of sneaking out. <laughs> I was told by a friend of mine that um, a friend of his who was a roadie for this production company group, uh, was, they were looking for female vocalists. So I, I snuck out and I went to meet with um, this guy at uh, the Fun House. Right. And that was my cues. <laughs> and he asked me, when I got there, he asked me, uh, I heard you can sing. And I said, yeah, I can sing. <laughs> he goes, well, he gave me the address and everything. And he said, you know, come to this audition. And that's when I snuck out. I didn't go to school. I went straight. I got on the train and went straight to Brooklyn, to the basement of a house on Church Avenue, and waited for hours. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> there was a bunch of us. Um, auditioning, I remember. But I waited and waited, and I finally got in, and I met Full Force. I was scared shitless. Right. <laughs> Let me tell you. I said, oh, my God, I'm going to die here because they were huge. These guys were big, bodybuilder kind of, kind of guys. I was like, oh, wow. And I sang for them, and they gave me a cassette and said, practice this, and said, we want you in the studio. We want to record these songs with you. And I said, okay. When I got home, the cops were there. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like, like midnight or past midnight. And, um, yeah, the cops were there because she didn't know where the hell I was. That was a Thursday. Okay. The following Tuesday, I was in the recording studio. Oh, wow. Huh. Full force. In, on Broadway, yeah, and I was recording. I fully recorded in one night. I wonder if I take you home and came to the beat. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, even before you recorded that, Full Force was known, they helped with Roxanne, Roxanne, that, that great song, Oh, right? yeah, yes. UTFO. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, I mean, what did I know? I just knew that I wanted to sing. I didn't know about these producers. And when I met them and they told me who they, they worked with and who, who are the artists that they've been around, I, I was shocked, very shocked. But you know what, look, I got the gig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> All that, all that, yeah, we're all lucky you did. Um, 
how, 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 yeah, how much older were, was Cult Jam compared to you? Oh, um, I think they were like both five years older than me. Okay. So it was kind of like a big brother, little sister relationship? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And just what you needed more big brothers, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know there's 10 of us, but there was only two brothers. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So you you had those two songs and they took off, uh, but it, it took a while for it to take off in the states, right? Yeah, the song was actually put on a, a compilation album and was released overseas, you know, by Personal Records. It was an album called Breakdancing, and there was a lot of you know club music on it. Uh, that didn't circulate over here. It took about a year, maybe more to come out here to the States, the DJ started playing it here in New York a, a year plus later, and that's when it started to take off. Everybody thought we were a British group. Okay. So when it took off, you were, what, 17, 18 years old when that song took off? Yeah, about 17. Okay. So, I mean, like, you know, I wanted to take you home. It's, it's kind of like, a, it's a little bit of a risky, a risque song. Was your mother okay with it? <laughs>
she was going to have to be because right. I was going to do her whether she liked it or not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I lowered the No, she, my mom again was raised in the church. So it, it took a while for her to allow me to wear pants. Right. You know, but um, <laughs> if you get my drift. Yeah. <laughs> um, she knew it was something that I really wanted to do, and I was just singing songs, you know, conversations that we had with her forth. That's basically how everything came about. But Take You Home was definitely way beyond my age. And how do I say? It, I, I felt once I sang it, it was going to be so relatable because it's, you know, basically everything that any young girl my age was going through at the time. Right. And then, you know, guys my age were on the other end. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, 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 it's pretty fitting. It's a kind of a universal. But that, that whole, you yeah. know, debut album was fantastic. All, all, all those great songs. And my favorite one is Can You Feel the Beat. It's still my favorite song by you guys. Can you feel the beat within my heart? Can you see my love shine through the dark? Can you feel the beat within my heart? Can you see my love shine through the dark? Can you see that you must be apart? Of that beat in my heart, that beat in my
thank you. Yeah, but I'm sure like your anthem for all girls is probably all cried out. Yeah. Yeah, I get that still to this day, and I have to tell you that that is my favorite song to do on stage forever. Um, I get that all the time from these women that, that that say, oh, my God, you took me through so many breakups. I'm like, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's you can look at it this way. It, it helped them through a breakup. It wasn't like that song caused a breakup, so. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. whole album in general it basically you know blew up you know the, the freestyle uh and then spanish fly came out which really took you to another level with you know lost in emotion and 
head to toe that was more of like a mainstream album was that kind of the focus of full force and you guys the record companies like how did that happen no basically everything that we've ever uh produced and, and recorded uh was what we wanted to do okay we never went in anybody else's footsteps um how we started was pop hip-hop right. it wasn't categorized as freestyle that came way later yeah it did. you know that people started saying oh she's the only uh female you know latina uh doing club music they gave it that sound latin hip-hop rather than freestyle stuff. i mean it's the, it's the music that people were dancing to in the clubs you know the, the, the freestylers you know with the linoleum and the shell top adidas on the street <laughs> that's what they danced to right. um <clears throat> We basically just went ahead and did what we wanted to do. We would be on the road and songs would come and we would go right into the hotel and, you know, Fufus always had a portable recording studio with them and we would just start recording things. That's how everything came up. Was there ever a chance for you to write your own songs? Excuse me? Was there ever a chance for you to write your own songs? Oh, of course, yeah. I co-wrote and co-produced some of the stuff that was on the, the second album and the third album. Okay. Well, was that something that you enjoyed doing, writing songs? Still to this day. Okay. No, that's no, that's, that's great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I'd imagine, like, the, obviously the first song you heard on the radio was What If I Take You Home. Do you remember where you were when you heard it? Uh, yeah, it was funny. I was working at Benetton. Oh, yeah. Again, <laughs> I did anything and everything possible to make sure that bills were paid. There were 10 of us, and my mom was raising us alone. Um, I was working at Benetton at the time, and I remember being at the register, and I got a phone call from my girlfriend. Hmm. I was like, what's up? She said, put the radio on, and I did. <laughs> and I started jumping for joy, because that was my song on the radio. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, and I remember that. Yeah, that's that's definitely yeah, that's definitely like, like a movie a movie moment. You know, you, you hear your song on the radio, still working at the store, and you freak out. <laughs> yeah, I did because you know it, it it had been so long that we did it, and it, it, I, I'm thinking, man, when is when is it gonna stop playing out here in New York? And then finally, yeah, finally, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was a great experience. Yeah. Now, like, why do you think it took so long? You know, if you for them to play in New York, you know, you guys being from New York and, you know, being basically, I know before it was called freestyle, but like the freestyle home. Well, I think that with any song, DJs back in the day, that was the first thing that had to, um, had to get done. Right. DJs had to, had to pick up the songs and, and, and run them. And if they were getting run in the clubs, radio stations were going to pick them up, pick it up and play it on the radio. And that's how that happened. Because it was being circulated out, you know, overseas, uh, the DJs out here were going there to to spin at their clubs. They picked up songs that they heard there and brought them out here. Okay. How um how much performing in the clubs did you guys do after that, you know, that song took off? Once it took off, my God, I don't remember a weekend that I didn't do at least 10 clubs a night. Right, wow. <laughs> it was crazy back in the day. We used to, that was our promotion. Right. We used to have to go to every club and do do the song, and I could have, I literally could have driven to maybe eight to ten clubs in one night just to get the song out. Right. <laughs> yeah, <'cause, laughs> yeah, yeah. But before social media, you were you you were your own exactly. social media. You had a, yeah. Yeah, we yeah our social media was us physically going and doing the songs. <laughs> right. I'm trying to like your you guys first video was it uh, all cried out. Excuse me? The, the first video you guys did, was it all cried out? 
No, the very first video we recorded was Take You Home. It was? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, it was Take You Home, and then Can You Feel the Beat, and then All Cried Out. Oh, okay. All right. Because I think I remember seeing All Cried Out first, so maybe I just figured it, it was the first one. I, I, I didn't even have MTV oh. back then, so I think I had our line of Friday oh, Night Videos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first song that MTV ever played was Take You Home. Right. Yeah. From, from yeah. us, yeah. Right, like like playing in the clubs. How important was MTV for your guys' career? Um, I think it helped a lot with putting a face to the song. Okay. You know that's where it helped, but uh, I personally believe the radio was the one that helped us. Now, like obviously, with, with the business now, it, it's changed so, well, everything so much. Is, yeah. Yeah. Everything is visual now. Right. You know that the first song that MTV ever played video-wise, video killed the radio storm, and that was so true. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so true. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, I think, like, a lot of the freestyle artists didn't really shoot videos, if, if I remember. I think they were just strictly radio plays, right? Everything was radio back then. Yeah. yeah absolutely, they didn't. Yeah. But we did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, and then, like, yeah, and then, like, when you like mentioned before, with Spanish Fly became such, like, you know, uh, worldwide hit you know across the board uh i imagine yeah. the clubs became like maybe small theaters and arenas right yes yeah. yes absolutely and that was crazy but it was fun right. the major tours that we were doing um six to nine months out of the year these tours went for us and then we started opening up for other people that's how that's how we did it you know new edition earth wind and fire i was doing the 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 Commodores I did oh my god I did so many different opening acts with um with these tours we finally got our Spanish flight tour a year after that and it was nuts right yeah any any good stories from the road oh, you got you got a couple of days for me to tell you <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you stories now. I mean there were times where we got banned from hotel rooms but the pranks we used to play right. <laughs> I remember we drenched the, uh, one whole floor because we were all on one floor and right. we started playing water fights <laughs> and we would fill up the buckets you know the trash cans with the water right. and we would knock on people's doors and just drench them <laughs> I mean, we were bored. We were kids. We had yeah, of course. Do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so, I mean, please, there was things that we did. I don't even talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Thank God it was before social media. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, camera phones and everything. My, yes, I did all my security before that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, if, yeah, if, if that's the quote unquote the worst, then that's, that's, not, that's pretty tame, right? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I saw you guys open up for Earth, Wind, and Fire back in the day. I, th I think, the, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. We, we did that. Tour. We did that tour was four months. Wow. And then we did. Oh my God, I could tell you so many. We did the Spinners. Right. We did T Tina Marie, um, New Edition. I did the New Edition tour. What else? I mean, I did so many tours. It was great. Yeah. Who, who was your favorite act to work with when you toured? My favorite act to work with? Yeah. Besides Tina Marie? Yeah. New Edition. Okay. <laughs> that was fun, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, they're great. Now, I always yeah. had a good, Lost in Emotion, a great song, you know, it's Far Cry from uh, your, your other stuff, but uh, who, who's, whose idea was it to pronounce it? Kisara, Kisara. Hit 
Yeah, it, it, it just jumps out, so I was just always curious because you always hear, you know, que sera, sera, but it was just... Uh, yeah, like, um, what is her name that, that song, que sera, sera? Was that Doris Day, right? Yes, yeah. Doris Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, the, 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 the third album um, didn't really do well compared to the second one. What, what, do you have any ideas why? <laughs> I don't know why. I personally believe that Whatever I did and I put out, that didn't mean much to me. I just loved what I did and I put it out there. I personally think that, well, how can I put this? Maybe they weren't ready okay. for a change in style. But, you know, again, everything that we put out was from a feeling. We, you know, whatever we loved is what we released. And um, we were more pop that, at that time, I think. Yeah. And um, people weren't ready for that. Right. And it's a shame because when you have fans, you, you don't want the artists just to put out the same album. You don't want to, you know, have a Spanish Fly two or Spanish Fly. You want to have different stuff. You want to have the artists grow yeah, each I, stuff. I, right? Yeah. Thank you. I'm so glad you said that. I believe that we should be able to tap into any style and 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 funk that we we want. Right. And um and and be accepted for. It. But again, when somebody falls in love with your style, that's what they want to stick to. And I can't blame them for that. Yeah, I, I, I guess yeah, that's that's true. Now, when yeah, when you know Spanish Fly was out, did many fans who discovered that album, you know, for the first time, discovered you guys for the first time, kind of go back and realize, wow, the debut album is is fantastic. You think you got gained more fans that way? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But then, um, you know, the, the fourth album, um, I, I really enjoyed the fourth and the third album, you know, immensely, but, you know, didn't also really do well. I guess just the changing times of the music industry, I I'll guess. I'll let huh? you know, I could tell you exactly, exactly why that album could have did so well, right. you know, straight out of Hell's Kitchen. But again, you know, sometimes these the, the artists get caught up in, in label mess. 
Okay. And the label was was starting to uh, change personnel, and um, and they were getting involved with some other labels and management, and and it was just nuts. They they found Mariah Carey at the time, right. so they decided to shelve me. They didn't focus on me because they were like, oh, wow, she's a star. She's, a, You know, because that's what they do. They pick somebody, and if that person, you know, blows up, they're going to focus on that one artist. And unfortunately, the rest of the artists that are on that label, you know, get pushed to the side, you know? And that's, I think that's when I decided that I needed to sever ties. Right. No, it's, it's, it's true. Why, why is, like, why are, I mean, now it's different, but why were record labels still, like, your side like that, they, that they can only focus on one artist and not more than one. It only helped their business. They had the opportunity and they had the, the people, the workforce, and they had the money to do it, but they choose. They choose. And you can't blame them for that. They're going to they're gonna go where the money's at. That's what labels are about. Right, true. You know, whatever's going to make them their money, that's where they're focusing on. Okay? Yeah. And they'll make you the promise of the game. No, 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 don't worry. We're going to take care of it. This is going to happen. We're doing this. We're doing that. And they're not doing shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is okay. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew it was a great album. Right. Okay. So um, we took our opportunity and we put Let the Beat Hit Him Out. And that, it went number one. Thank God for that. On the R&B chart. In order to play with this record, you must tune your bass to ours. Look out.
the club, you know, on the dance charts as well. And, um, you know, we did what we could with that. And that's when I said to, to the label that I, I got to go. Now, was it the label's idea or you guys to bring in uh, Cole and Sibillis to help out produce? That was our idea. That okay. was our idea. I, because we've had Full Force forever. Right. And then I, I sat down and I had a conversation with Full Force and I said, I'd love to bring in other producers. And they were like, okay. Yeah. So we opted. I wanted CNC. Okay. Um, we brought them in and Full Force and CNC, they shook hands and they said, we'll do half and half. Do you think that helped or hurt the album? It helped. Yeah. It helped 100 because both sides were um, completely different but the same. Because it was all, I think, a growth vocally and musically, but two different styles. Because we went back to basics with the club music, the C&C. Yeah. Yeah. But then with Full Force, I hit the R&B really hard with them. Yeah, no, it's... It's, it's definitely it's underappreciated album and everyone who's listening please check thank it out you. again I appreciate that yeah thank it, you it, yeah it's, it's fantastic now I know you mentioned you know, All Cried Out being one of your favorite songs perform um I'd imagine like you know Head to Toe also is probably one of them up there too
<laughs> yeah, it's a fun song. It's definitely a fun song to do, and people love it. Yeah. People love it, so I absolutely, I like the, the tempo to it because it's very Motown. Right. That and Lost in Emotion is nothing but Motown to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, so we take it there, you know, alive on the stage, oh, we love doing it. Now, so basically, I could tell you, if you're going to ask me that question again, I would say that anything that I do on the stage, is what you I love to perform because that's why I still do this, because yeah. I love to perform. I love what I do. Right, and I guess at this you know time of your life, you only can perform what you want to perform. You're, you're controlling mm -hmm. what you want to do, so it's not like you're going to go out there and sing something you don't want to sing or do something Thank you don't want to do, so it's good. Now, like you know, now they always have like these free freestyle explosion concerts and stuff. I've been to a few. Um, now, do you like enjoy just doing you know a couple of those? You know, you do a couple, maybe four or five songs, or do you want to just go out and do a full blown set? Like, how do, what do you prefer now? I prefer now doing a full out set. Right. Yeah. Definitely, live shows for me are, are everything. I love to you know go out there with my band and put, you know do an hour and twenty, an hour and a half show. I love that. That I prefer. Right. But, you know, there's other gigs that I got to do, and a lot of them have been these freestyle explosion shows, and they usually have anywhere from 10 to 13 acts on the show. Right, yeah. So you could get, I make sure that I get my 25 minutes. You're going to give me my 25 minutes no matter what. Yeah. I fight. I fight for it because I want to give them a medley of everything that I've done. Right. Has it been difficult to kind of negotiate time in those tours? No, not at all. Okay, I mean, not at all. yeah, I'd figure for you it shouldn't be because you know one of you know the biggest you know stars of, of that era, you, you should basically oh, tell them I I want to play this amount of time you know just give it to me and I'd imagine they would say sure you know. <laughs> well, I think that, that all the artists that are on the show um, have to fight for their time. Right. Okay, and I think they go accordingly, you know, to to the hits that they have, and. Um, I always, I, I fight because I really love to perform, and they know it. All these promoters that I work with, they know. I'm like, listen, if you're coming to me with this kind of a show, this is what I really need, and I really would appreciate it if you allow me to do this, and they do. Yeah, that's good. Are there any acts, you know, from back in the day that, you, like you perform now on these tours, that you kind of, you know, gotten close with that maybe years ago that you weren't particularly close with? Um, I'm close to everybody that I've ever worked with that I've ever been on tour with, you know, even artists, you know, uh, that we're doing these freestyle exposures with, I know them all, you know, growing up in the industry with them. And they're all sweet, all very nice people. Right. We're very, you know, you see each other, you know, on the road and it's cool. Some of us, we still hang out in this, you know, in Manhattan in New York. So to this day, as friends, some of them I went to school with. Right, yeah. And I know recently you, you were doing uh, shows with Taylor Dane. Oh yeah, Taylor. I've known her forever. Yeah. And now we're doing. She, you know, she put together. She produced this 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 gig that we're doing now, and it's Ladies of the '80s, and it's myself and Jody Watley and her, and that's what's going well. Oh, that's Up until this Corona crap. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, mean, I want everybody to be safe, and I want everybody to stay healthy and and seriously practice social distancing because that's the only way that we're all going to get better. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But now, I mean, everyone's home quarantine. It's a great time to check out, you know, all of Lisa Lisa's music. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it attracts some new fans this way, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any new music coming out? Yep. Um, so I recently 
uh, signed with Uncle Snoop's Army. Right. And um, that's Snoop Dogg. He is, he has this company, Uncle Snoop's Army, that they're um, management and production. And um, Bobby D is also my manager from Bobby D Presents. And we're, we've got a new album coming out soon, hopefully, by the end of the year, if not early next. We're putting music together. And we've done so many so many other things like I, I've been putting together old filming uh, in some independent films which we're not supposed to be talking about but I don't care <laughs> that's right. you know that we're we're gonna release and um, also wardrobe I'm doing a boot line that should be out hopefully by next spring oh that's that's awesome but uh, nothing but you know continued success with everything Lisa we really appreciate it Thank you so much. And a special thanks to Lisa for joining me today. Go follow her on Twitter at LisaLisaLL77. And after I recorded this episode, I found out that Lisa turned down the role of, ironically, Lisa McDowell in Coming to America. Eddie Murphy offered her the role and she turned it down. Wow, amazing to think what would have happened to Lisa's career. As amazing as it was, it could have hit another level. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the first Noel 19 Be sure to like the page at Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes, not a problem. The show's on SoundCloud, it's also on Podbean. And go to livingmyyouth.prevlist.com for all your merchandise. A new episode comes in every Wednesday, sometimes Thursday. Stay safe, everybody. We'll see you next week.